Welcome to Parents' Night. We are excited to be spending this time with you again. We are in night three of our series, Navigation. Last week, we talked about using our kids' learning preferences to help build a biblical foundation. This week, we're looking at the value of empathy. So why is empathy important? Well, empathy helps us to understand what other people are going through and, and what they're feeling, and it opens the doors for us to respond well. See, most people are really well tuned in to their own feelings and their own emotions, but being able to put ourselves into other people's shoes doesn't always come as naturally as we'd like, especially for boys, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Now, here's the thing. As we explore God's word, we see that he has placed great value on empathy. You know, Romans 12, 15 points out, uh, that we should rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. We also see that God himself stepped into humanity, put on human skin, and lived life as one of us. In that time, we see him have great compassion for people, meeting them where they're at, connecting to, to what they're going through. One of my favorite times was when Jesus encountered Mary and Martha after their brother Lazarus had died. You know, with Martha... Jesus had a conversation with her. He saw her pain, he saw her difficulty, and he comforted her by having a conversation and spoke truth into her life. Now, when it came to Mary, he saw her pain, he saw her trouble, and he wept with her. All the time, he knew what he was about to do. He knew he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead, but that didn't stop him from connecting with these two women where they were at and really, really just feeling their pain in that moment and really comforting them with with his connection now you and me we're all called to live as christ and as parents we also want to see our kids following these same pathways now when it comes to girls and boys they they deal with this very differently there's different obstacles that they face when they're they're going through this for boys uh, they are not great at picking up on social cues uh, they're not great at noticing details. Uh, now, this isn't a rule, but this is kind of the, the general. Most guys are like this. Uh, not every guy. I've, I've met some guys that are super great at picking up on details. But the vast majority of guys, we, we don't always get those small details. Uh, there's probably about a million jokes about husbands and wives where the wife walks up to the husband and says, Hey, do you notice anything different about me? And the husband's like, and the wife obviously did something, but the husband has no clue. So he starts throwing out ideas like, your hair, your eyes, your, did you get a nose job? I have no idea. Uh, and the wife is just sitting there like, he's such an idiot. Doesn't he see my new shirt? You know, <laughs> guys, we don't always pick up on details. And our young boys are very similar. They don't get everything. And this has an impact on how they connect uh, empathetically to others because they don't always see the, the small subtleties that people give off. Now, there is some hope because when it comes to guys, uh, this, this ability to be able to notice those details and to connect people, uh, connect with people, is a skill that can be learned. It's something that can, kind of like a muscle with, with exercise, it can grow and get better. So we'll dig into that in a little bit, but guys, we're sometimes a little thick, but we can get better. Now, when it comes to girls, they are often far more aware of those subtle social cues. They're often far more aware of the, the details, the, the finite things. And as a result, young girls are often highly empathetic. They often 
pick up on what people are feeling and what people are going through and they, they care about people. Um, now there is a problem when it comes to girls though, because as girls head into their teens, uh, they become more self-aware and this can become a problem when as they become more self-aware, they become more self-focused and you know, young teenage girls can often become very, very self-focused where they, they stop seeing or caring about what other people are going through because all they see is what's going on with them. Now, there is hope in this still because uh, you build some solid foundations in their younger years as well as you continue to nurture those foundations. You can see this empathy continue right on through their teenage years. It's, it's a great thing. But it's something that often doesn't just come naturally. It's something that needs needs some nurturing and needs some some attention mm -hmm. now there's another really huge part of this and that's age and not just age but how kids think at different ages because you see there's there's something called concrete thinking and something called abstract thinking concrete thinking is based strictly on what you can feel what you can sense what what you touch and what you know like your experiences uh, abstract thinking is often where you think beyond yourself uh, getting out of what you know into what you can imagine. Um, kids that are zero to two years old, they think strictly in concrete. You know, they taste that Cheerio and they're like, mm, that's good, I should grab another one of those and put it in my mouth. Um, but as, as we get older, we begin to grow our imaginations. We can see beyond ourselves. We can put ourselves in other people's shoes. Um, now, there's a lot of different uh, different ideas on when abstract thinking really grows in people. I've seen people even say it doesn't really begin until 12. I don't know if I agree with that, but you see abstract thinking is is critical when it comes to empathy because it's that ability to put ourselves outside of ourselves and and imagine what somebody else is going through, to, to feel how someone else is dealing with something. A lack of empathy has major impacts on how we communicate, how we connect with people, how we show love, I mean, it, it comes through in all kinds of things. Um, a great example is our youngest son. He loves, loves Minecraft. He just got Minecraft Dungeons and uh, everybody he can tell about it, he will. Uh, now, we had a situation where there was somebody that he started telling about Minecraft Dungeons to. And he just, he talked and he talked and he talked and he missed the social cues about this person, you know, needing to go, everything that was going on. And he just wanted to keep going and going and going because he loved it. Now, empathy puts ourselves in other people's shoes and lets us see, well, maybe this person doesn't care about Minecraft Dungeons the same way I do. Or maybe this person has something else going. Uh, maybe I should ask them questions and see how they're feeling because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, communication is important and communication is not a one-way street. It's not me talking and you listening. Unless you're watching this video right now and guess, I guess that's kind of me talking and you listening. Uh, you should join us for Parents' Night so we can have a conversation. Mm -hmm. But as as we grow empathy in our kids, as we help them to understand how other people are feeling and, and what they're experiencing, we can help them pick up on those social cues where they can be like, well, instead of just talking about what I love, why don't I ask them questions? Why don't I see how they're doing, what, they're, what they love, what they like? And we can really build these things into our kids. Now, we've talked a lot about the importance of this right now, but... Marlena, why don't you take over and uh, talk to us about some of the practicals of this? Um, I guess first I'll start off at reading Romans 12, 10. It says, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. This idea of looking past ourselves and 
honoring other people is something that's grown and cultivated within our hearts. I'm sure I'm not the only one, but this has grown in depth in my adult life in this last few years. With the help of genuine friends in my life and my own relationship with Christ, I can see at times there's other behaviors that can be hindering or pointing to other issues I need to bring to God for him to help me. In similar aspects, our children need our guidance and our help. I think in light of priority, first we are the parent, but I am also a good friend with my daughter. I think you can have both with that good quality time that you spend with them. You can build something that is like a friendship and reach deeper into their heart and help draw out some things they need to work on and see real progress. I know how easy it is for a child to try and fail at a task. So you wonder, maybe is this too early or we will try again in a few months or a year. And sometimes that is the right call. And I think there's those times where the third time around you feel a little less committed or maybe not pushes hard to see the results. Here's a decent example. I, not too long ago, here at our house, I asked my seven-year-old to sweep the kitchen and the living room. Uh, my kids' ages, again, are nine, seven, and two. Um, my daughter came to me upset because she felt she worked harder at her chores than, than what he did at his sweeping the floor. His job wasn't to her satisfaction, and she didn't think he earned video games like she did. Seeing an opportunity to make a point, I had them stop what they were doing and line up together in the living room, oldest to youngest, then fitting myself in front of my oldest, Emma, to explain. Each of us started out just like Jack's, our youngest, who's two, but have gotten better over time. Jack's best is no less than my best. In order to get good, one needs to be given the opportunity to grow first. I really do believe we can give kids a, a lot of credit. As early as they start communicating with you, start planning those godly perspectives wherever you see you can fit them in. Know they won't master it like you, like you are still trying to master your own stuff at your age, but you're guiding them, teaching them now what they still have to learn later if you don't. So if we want to begin to start teaching empathy, compassion, and selflessness, and really start teaching our children to be genuine in their relationship encounters. I want to give us a place to start. So we have toddlers, juniors, and our teens. So we have toddlers first. Normal circumstances, I would suggest play dates with other people their age, um, you know, practicing, sharing, and that social skill building but some of us don't really have that luxury right now unless you have another that's of that age in your house um so maybe if you don't have that maybe you can be that person for them if they share or choose to be loving with something really speak into that behavior so it excites them and makes them feel like they have achieved something or did something well, they'll likely do more of those same things and hopefully return to the bad ones less often. Teach them to put their toys away when they've made a mess. Praise that behavior and maybe give them a treat um, afterwards, maybe at the table with you. Now, when it comes to juniors, 
they're perceiving more than toddlers. So I find it's fun to experience those first time light bulb moments with them. Knowing how they learn here, kinesthetic, auditory, visual, or reading and writing is super helpful. Like what we've discussed in last week's video, you get a lot of moments for juniors because they are more talkative than teens and spend more time with you really as much as you allow them. An example would be when you go to pick them up from school after being there all day. Ask them questions about their day, how their friends were, was it a good day? This one is one of my favorite ways to merge myself into their growing independent life outside of me. We want to ask good questions so we can guide them into a good response and see from another perspective besides our own. How do you think your friend felt about that? How did that make your teacher feel? The next one would be teens. I don't have any teens, but I have worked with teens. My husband has most of the experience. My first step to move would be where the relationship is the strongest and expand out from there. Especially if I have trouble getting them to let me in, they ultimately want to be loved and valued by us. So they will come around to it more in time, especially if you're giving them a positive experience, even if you have to start from a rocky place. We want to be collecting as many positive experiences with them as we can while we have that time too. Absolutely. And when it comes to teens, you can begin to expand into more areas than you would with, uh, with your young children. Uh, this reminds me of a time when I was, uh, when I was a teenager, my parents said, Hey Ryan, we're going to go out and spend the evening feeding the homeless. It was around Christmas time. And I remember I did not want to go. I wanted to just relax at home and take it easy. Um, but they took me out and they engaged me in the process of serving other people, seeing other people really hands-on with, uh, with this idea of putting myself in other people's shoes. And it was really cool because uh, I started the night grumpy, didn't want to be there. I was a bad person, I guess. Um, but as the night went on, as I began to see people, as I began to hear these conversations and talk with people, it was really cool to see how my attitude changed and I became more aware of things beyond myself. I became more aware of what these people were going through and I really enjoyed the evening. It was really good and it was a, a big eye opener for me. Now, when it comes to our teens, we can engage them in, in activities like that. We can take them to places we wouldn't take our younger kids. Uh, and there's about a million different ways we can do this. Uh, but I want to encourage you guys, get creative with it. Find good ways to engage. Uh, and a really cool thing that happened with, uh, with that story was it wasn't just my parents sending me out to do something. We all served together. And the beauty of that is when our kids can see us serving, it's not just us telling them what they should be doing, but they're leading by example. When we lead by example, our kids have way more buy-in. You know, if, if we just say, hey, you should do this, but we don't do it ourselves, our kids are like, okay, yeah, that's right, mom and dad. Uh, but when we really lean into it, when we get involved ourselves and we pave the way for our kids, uh, they not only see that, but they not only hear it's a value, they see that it's a value. So it's really good. I do want to add to what you were saying, though, about um, empathy and developing it with them. Um, maybe if you guys have some comments um, or suggestions, yes, uh, stuff that you've done with your kids that have worked or went really well, um, I'd love to hear them. We would definitely um, love to hear it. Yeah. I'm sure maybe somebody 
who's watching these videos, maybe they might find it helpful or maybe an evening where, you know, somebody could go and try that or maybe it's just at home. Yeah. But the ideas are great and um, yeah, I'd love to hear them. So. Yeah, we don't have all the answers. We, we can give you guys some stuff. But again, the point of Parents Night is not us telling you guys everything, but we want to engage in conversation, whether that's uh, through our Parents Night or if you want to uh, talk in the comments section, we'd love to work through stuff. But uh, this is meant to be more than just videos you guys watch. We really want to engage uh, in conversation with you guys. And learn. Absolutely. Oh, you know, my kids are, they have lots of years left yet, and mm -hmm. I haven't, we haven't tried everything. Not yet. So, mm -hmm. um yeah, open to ideas or stuff that you've tried. I'd love to hear about it. So, mm -hmm. um, Now, with that said, yeah. uh, we want to invite you guys out to our next Parents' Night. Hopefully, uh, we'll see some more of you guys in person. It'll be really good to connect. Mm -hmm. uh, our next Parents' Night is going to be February 25th at 8 p.m. Uh, let us know if you need uh, a link to our Zoom room, and mm -hmm. we will get that info to you guys. Uh, but again, we would love to connect. This is this yeah. is meant to be connection. Yeah, friendships, um, bring a coffee. And tonight we talked about cats for over an hour. We did. So with that said, uh, we're going to uh, end things for the night, but we hope you guys enjoyed, and we'd love to hear from you guys.